Detroit City FC has been a part of that that investment and growth um, in the city. And so we are supportive. We are on the forefront. We're partnering with the causes uh, that impact um, our communities. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports, media, technology, disruption, innovation, all different kinds of things. I'm Joe Favorito, along with my co-host, Tom Richardson. Tom, here we go again. Oh, man, Joe, we're on a roll here with uh, with fun shows, and I'm happy to be continuing with a, which should be another good one today. But isn't it strange that we are now uh, in the holiday season, and what a, what a weird sequence of time this has been these last few months um so what just before we get into the show just curious as we look at um or in the on the cusp of december so all the end of year wrap-up things are going to happen and then all the predictions for next year are going to happen how how are you feeling about the business as we look to the end Um, of 2020 i am very optimistic i think that so, so it's funny. So if you took, so we're here uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. On Monday, if someone came to everybody and said, so here's what's going to happen today. First of all, the, the president-elect is going to be officially declared. That's fine. We, that kind of makes sense. But then you're going to have an all-black officiating crew for Monday Night Football. And oh, and by the way, it's November and four, mem- four NBA players are going to go visit with the Pope. Right. So right. that was Monday. I don't know anybody who laid the over on those three, but that that's a pretty interesting Monday. And I think that kind of shows, um, you know, there's a lot of innovation going on. I, I think one of the things that's interesting, which I'm, I'm going to write about is, um, you know, the fact that on Monday, GM basically said, you know, we're going to flip the switch back and go back to um, the ideas that were being put forward with electric cars and everything else. I think that's going to open up a lot of doors in sports for things like Formula E, drone racing, STEM, uh, more analytics, uh, which will eventually get to second screen experiences like Twitch and, and streaming. So, uh, you know, it's going to be, I, I think the winter is going to be hard. I think it's going to be, you know, kind of a, a set for, you know, leagues are going to start again. We don't know what it's going to look like. You know, we, we don't know what college basketball is going to look like really as that kind of plays out. But I think, you know, you can start to see the other side of this somewhere in 2021, Um, you know, and and that's, I think, encouraging and hopefully, and, you know, as we're going to talk to our guests today about ramping up towards a season and, you know, what some fans in the stands, but what you do around that, especially in a sport like soccer going into the spring, uh, you know, it's going to be challenging, but I'm I'm optimistic that we're going to get back, you know, at some point, you know, in some way, shape or form when we get to 2021. Yeah, I agree. I know it's, it's a brutal time, but there's a sense of optimism that you can kind of feel now looking at the new year, primarily, I think, because of the vaccine and also a sense of hope that um, we'll get back to some order in terms of our uh, discourse uh, and many of the tough issues in the country that have been so problematic the last couple of years. So it's a it's a good time to think about some of the positive stories in the business. And we have one to talk about today. Um, we're really pleased to welcome uh, a returning guest to the to the Cusp show. We don't have many. No, uh, but, but, really... solo. but he's solo for the first time. So that's different. <laughs> he's solo, yes. The first time he was on as a, uh, uh, a younger man a couple of years ago, um, he was at Columbia Business School. 
And he joined us on a podcast show. That might have been, what, 2017 or 18? Way back in 2018, I think. Yeah, seems like 10 years ago. Uh, Anyway, and um, while at Columbia Business School, he had a special interest in, based on his background, which we'll hear about, in sports to continue in the sports world. And he, after leaving business school, ended up with a really nice little run there in the, in the soccer business at Major League Soccer. And most uh, recently, he was announced as the new chief of partnerships. It's TJ Winfrey yes. of, the, of Detroit City FC. So welcome, TJ. Um, so, <laughs> um, you know, before we get to, and the unique position that Detroit City, is at, Detroit City FC is in and what they do in terms of community involvement, how they basically beat back MLS in, in Detroit because of this community-based program that they've grown. And there are others around the country. We've had, you know, um, Tom, we've had Dennis Crowley on a while ago, we talked about what he's done with um, Kingston Stockade. And it's a little bit similar, kind of the same level. There's Chattanooga Football Club, there's Oakland Roots, um, some others that have really kind of taken on, and I don't want to call it minor league baseball field, but really kind of community-based um, a business model that works. Uh, and in a city like Detroit, it's amazing what you can do. And, and TJ can, can kind of lead us down that path. But before we do that, TJ, Tell us about the, you know, the journey from when you finished at B school to MLS to, you know, to some of the other places you've done. And also along the way, you became a father and moved to Detroit. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot has happened in the last couple of years. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I guess, I guess as Tom alluded to, it's the, it's the start of my solo career. So <laughs> happy, happy to be on, on the pod again uh, with everyone. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll I'll start um, with business school, where I guess where where we uh, ended the last podcast, but uh, finished finished at Columbia in 2018, um, and at the time I was uh, I was working at Courtside Ventures, um, and you know I think folks who listen to this podcast will know um, what Courtside is, but sports based sports based uh, VC um, invest in media. Gaming, sports, fitness, startups, um, Deep and Farik and Vasu are the two partners there. And uh, just just really had a great run um, at, at Courtside. Was there for about a year. Um, and uh, while I was there, one of the uh, one of the spaces that I really um, took a liking to was the digital media space. Um, I, I, I talk to talk to folks all the time um, who are in the industry and aspiring to be in the industry. And one of the things that I, I mentioned is just my framework of how I looked at where I wanted to be in my career. And it was really about growth opportunities and growth areas. Um, and so I saw digital media as one of those growth areas in sports. Um, and so did, did some research there, uh, vetted a ton of companies at Courtside and looked at trends um, and, uh, and, then, and then got connected to uh, Chris Slosser at MLS uh, to help build out the digital media partnerships team. And so um, you know, did, did that for two years um, at MLS. I was mainly responsible for managing all of our digital media partnerships wherever our MLS distributed digital content, highlights, long form, uh, even some matches with Twitter. Um, I was responsible for those relationships. Uh, so we had some really cool partners there. Uh, still had them, uh, Bleach Report, Twitter, Twitch, um, ESPN Plus, uh, Pluto TV, um, all, all kind of come to mind uh, first. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, for me, again, thinking about growth opportunities and growth areas, I think soccer was one of those areas. Um, I look at I look at soccer in America, in North America, really. Um, and, you know, I think MLS has done a great job and U.S. soccer kind of leading the charge uh, to driving more interest in the sport. Um, and but but there's still a lot of opportunity. There's still a lot, a lot of areas to grow. And you look at, you know, some of the other major sports leagues and in America, um, and it's not really one that you can pinpoint that's on, that has just the vast, uh, vast potential and kind of area of growth, growth uh, as MLS. So um, that was an interesting opportunity. Um, and, um, and so uh, coming out of coming out of MLS, um, I just looked at, again, what are, what are growth areas, um, st- sticking around in soccer, there's some Cool opportunities coming up, World Cup in 2022, World Cup in North America in 2026. So the, the sport will continue to grow. And I uh, looked at my hometown in, in Detroit, Michigan. And Detroit is a city that, um, you know, was on hard times about five five to seven years ago. I uh, went through bankruptcy. Uh, but but now um, there, there's been a lot of investment in the city recently. Um, and uh, Detroit City FC has been a part of that that investment and growth um, in the city. And so uh, there's been a solid foundation built uh, with, with the ownership group. Uh, Sean Mann is, is who I was connected to. Um, they built just a, a, a very solid foundation, uh, a foundation of winning. Uh, one, I'm a foundation with an excellent fan base. Um, and as Joe alluded to, I'm a foundation in the community. Um, and so I really wanted to be a part of that, help uh, kind of lead the charge in, in the resurgence of Detroit um, and the growth of Detroit City FC, I'm in the sport of soccer. Uh, so uh, that's that's where I'm at now. Uh, back here, I have a beautiful daughter. She's 11 months old. We can talk about that. Uh, but uh, but happy to to answer answer questions. <laughs> um, TJ, Joe mentioned the importance and emphasis on community uh, for what your mission is in Detroit, with Detroit City FC. When I was doing little bit of a background checking on this uh, for, in, in prep for this discussion, uh, something caught my eye. Rock and roll icon Iggy Pop was sem- somehow involved <laughs> in, in, in the grassroots effort to make this truly Detroit community initiative. So talk, yeah. I don't know how much you know about that specifically. I know you're mm-hmm. new at the job, but can, can you talk about that's kind of fascinating. Um, and it's really interesting that there was a, there was a way to tie, you know, um, Detroit's rich history of music and rock and roll and soul and something mm-hmm. like that to the soccer world. So tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Detroit City, Detroit City um, is no exception uh, to COVID, right? Uh, so there were there was definitely um, you know hard times at the beginning of the year uh, with our season being canceled. Um, and uh, one of the ways that uh, the club and kind of fan base got together to figure out um, in the league how how to keep this, this operation running was to, uh, to implement a crowdfunding campaign where you can look it up, but raise, raise over a million dollars um, in, in just a few days uh, from our fan support. So it tells you a lot about just uh, the support that the club has. Uh, but a part of that campaign was Iggy Pop. And uh, Sean, who I mentioned earlier, had a connection to him um, and they, they signed him on and, uh, you know, he helped uh, drive uh, some of some of those folks uh, donating to the club and getting interest um, in the in the crowdfunding campaign. And so, um, you know, those funds have definitely helped uh, helped the organization get through this year. Uh, there was 
there was a tournament that Nisa put on um, this year uh, that was, you know, kind of no fans or anything like that. But, um, you know, to, to make sure we had some soccer this year and uh, we we did end up winning that that tournament, the Independent Cup. Um, and so uh, we, we look forward to 2021. Um, part of my mandate is to grow the brand awareness of this club. Um, and, uh, and that's in, in various areas um, in partnership, which we can get to as well. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, so Iggy Pop, definitely a legend and a part of, part of the Detroit City family. Right, you got to go after Bob Seeger and Eminem next. You got to continue this. And, and Kid Rock. I mean, a lot yeah. of influ- you got a lot of influence with Detroit artists. Those guys, Kid Rock, right? Those guys are really good, and, and there's also, you know, part part of my role is to is to really dive into the community and find those up and coming uh, artists as well, those up and coming musicians um, and talents, because you know we're growing, the city's growing, um, and there's also folks in the in the city who are growing their artistry and their craft, and so we want to be a part a part of those uh, those those connections as well. So. Um, the Kid Rocks, the M&Ms are great, uh, but there, there are others in the community as well that, that are doing some good work too. Nice. It's, it's funny, one of the, the ties when you talk about that is what um, hopefully that it will continue on that uh, Monumental's done with Capital City Go-Go and Go-Go Music in Washington um, and how that ties to the community. It's sometimes we forget, Tom, about, and you don't ever forget this, but the link between music and sports and pop culture and how, yeah. you know, I mean, I remember being around NBA players and every NBA player wanted to be an artist and every artist wanted to be an NBA player. So exactly. Uh, and it, you know, you see, you see those ties all the time. Um, TJ, for those who don't know, this is not MLS. This is not USL. Um, tell us about the business model of Detroit city FC and the clubs that are like it, that are independent clubs on that. What I think is still called the fourth tier uh, of the soccer pyramid in the U S. Yeah. So um so a couple of things. So first, uh, you know, from a tier standpoint, we're, we're third tier right now. Um, so that's where Nisa, Nisa kind of sits in, in terms of the pyramid. Um, and, you know, the business model for us is, you know, it's two, it's two things um, that, that I've kind of seen um, and coming in. One is, is that rabbit just fan support that we have, right? So alluded to that earlier um, and talked about the crowdfunding. Um, you, look at, you look at our matches, we play at Keyworth Stadium. And uh, the capacity of the stadium is 7,900 people. And the interesting thing, the full circle moment for me is that uh, I used to play high school football games at that stadium. So it's just, this is a complete full circle moment. Um, but 7,900 folks um, and uh, the club, you know, in normal times, looking back at 2019, packing that place out. Um, it, it is just, it is just um, an amazing environment. Uh, you can kind of, you know, just YouTube some of, some of the previous matches and, and see that environment. But, um, you know, it's the fan support going back to the business model, um, one, and then two, it's, it's really being involved in the community, really partnering with, uh, with folks who uh, want to be authentic, um, who want to be a part of something that's growing, who want to be, uh, who want to tap into a fan base um, that uh, is going to be loyal. These, these fans are very loyal to the club, um, and, and in turn, they're very loyal to our sponsors as well, because they know these sponsors support the team. Um, so, um, that, that's really, that's really the business model. My, my mandate, I mentioned, uh, growing brand awareness, how that comes to life, um, is through corporate partnership, um, is through our, our live broadcast and digital rights. Um, it's through, uh, community partnerships, it's through cultural partnerships, um, and, uh, you know, a, a few others as well. So, 
it's really figuring out um, how to how to grow the pie, how to grow the revenue uh, of the club, um, and, and leveraging uh, you know that, that fan support that we have to show to show potential partners that hey, we're building something here. Um, it's it's an audience that's very targeted, uh, but it's an audience that's very passionate um, about uh, about what they love. TJ, what did you learn in your during your MLS experience that you can bring to Detroit City FC in the near term? Like anything specific in terms of your digital knowledge or, or partnership experience? Yeah, um, a ton of a ton of experience. I have, um, you know, first and foremost, um, MLS is is fantastic. Um, I had I had a good run there, um, and uh, you know, nothing nothing but good things to say about. Uh, Commissioner Garber and uh, the media team, Seth and Chris, my boss Craig, um, and, and kind of what they're doing um, and, and building out uh, the league. Um, it's it's not it's not one of those things where you know Detroit City is is an adversary of the league at all. So um, you know just some some great stuff that that's, that was done there. Um, but uh, just specifically to the digital knowledge that I learned, so. You know, it, it was it, it ran the gamut, right? Um, the, the first thing in, in a partnerships role you have to think about is just the relationships um, and uh, how to how to cultivate relationships. So I, that's not specific to digital media, uh, but it is specific to business and it is specific to uh, renewing and winning um, new business. Um, on, on the digital side, um, you know, there's there's this kind of push and pull between. Um, you think about the content that we had in MLS and it's like, hey, uh, it's the push and pull between do we grow brand awareness and go to as many eyeballs as possible? Or, you know, are we are we kind of creating value with this content, um, putting a price tag on it, potentially putting it, it could either maybe be behind a paywall or maybe, you know, it's just targeted to a certain audience, certain platform, uh, but we're growing our revenue, you know, at the league. So, there was always kind of that that push and pull and, and really um, walking that fine line, I think, um, was something that, uh, you know, I learned I learned a ton about. Um, but just but just in general, just the media landscape and how how you how you build a, a business, how you build a digital business. And even and even on the broadcast side, because I work very closely with the broadcast team, how you build a broadcast business such that um, it's appealing to rights holders. Uh, for upcoming media deals, as we know, we all know the me media deals in MLS are upcoming in a couple of years, and so um, a lot of the groundwork that my team built um, and others on the, and the greater media team built um, in MLS, you know, will hopefully uh, yield some positive results uh, for in, in 2023. Which platforms specifically were most important to you at MLS? Like, let's say the top three digital platforms. Uh, and what are you anticipating to be the most important ones for your new job? Tom, I hope, I hope you're not asking me to play favorites here. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'll tell, I'll tell no, you. Just keep, keep it real. I mean, be honest. Like <laughs> certain, certain platforms are hot and other ones are less hot. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's definitely some platforms doing, they're, they're doing some good work. Uh, for, for us at MLS, um, you know, one, one platform that just comes to mind uh, first is, is Twitter. Uh, we, we, we broadcast uh, 26, um, around 20, 25, 26 uh, live matches on digital on Twitter um, in partnership with Univision um, each season. And so um, that live content, you think about live content for a sports league, that's your most premium content. Uh, so uh, managing that relationship and uh, making sure that 
you know, our audience uh, was receiving a good experience uh, was very important uh, in, in my time um, in MLS. Um, another partnership that we, we recently signed on in MLS in, in uh, earlier in the year, um, and we're still in the first year of that partnership, or the league is still in the first year of that partnership, um, it was Bleacher Report. Uh, Bleacher Report, and you think about just the sports audience and, and the digital sports audience, that's where folks are going for highlights. And so we we had to um, we had we really had to strike a deal with them to make sure that uh, we were relevant on that platform, um, and that you know our highlights were shown uh, with every other major sports league's highlights, and, and fans were were getting were getting that action. And um, the really cool thing about Bleacher and working with them is that they they really they really uh, have a dedicated team to to really understand your business um, and what works and what's going on in MLS. Um, and what fans, who fans want to see from, from a player standpoint, what type of highlights uh, fans want to see, and then really collaborating with you um, on their big moments, right? Uh, you think about just really quickly what they did with, with the NBA, what you did with the NBA in terms of launching um, merchandise and a whole product line for the bubble. Um, it, it, was, it was amazing, an amazing collaboration. And so um, things like that, I, I think they do a great job of being authentic. Um, so uh, great, great partners there. Um, and then another, another platform that's a little, a little different um, is Avod, um, is Pluto TV. Um, and so Pluto TV recently acquired by uh, Viacom CBS. Uh, but what Pluto does is they basically build out, build out digital channels. Uh, and, and these channels are usually pretty niche. Um, and, uh, and they take, they, t they, uh, they purchase content or you know, they partner with, with folks on, con on content um, and they run kind of an, an archival library uh, of your content on, on, on their platform. So, for example, uh, we built out uh, the Major League Soccer channel on Pluto TV and that channel runs um, archival matches. So matches from 2017, 2018, e even further back, um, highlights from uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and it, it was just a way for us to, to kind of create, create an archive of, of MLS content uh, for an audience that, you know, we, we hadn't yet uh, uh, tapped into. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting and unique one uh, because the rights of live matches, obviously we have our big broadcast partners, but the replay rights um, are something a little bit different. So uh, we were able to, to strike a deal with Pluto TV um and uh and, you know manage that partnership nice hey um tj tell us a little bit uh kind of off of what tom just asked about now in your new job um what are the priorities in terms of streaming and and and, and broadcast going forward and then also who are the fans both the ones in-house who are the 8,000 who are showing up, the loyal fans, and then who's that audience that, that would be watching? Is it beyond Detroit? And, and how do you kind of quantify both of those pieces? Yeah, so that's, that's the, um, you know, that's my, that's my mandate, Joe. It's, uh, it's really figuring out on the broadcast side uh, what makes the most sense. Um, right now, uh, at a regional level, we are, um, we, our broadcast partner is MyTV20. Uh, so they have our, our men's matches um, and a few of our women's matches uh, for the upcoming season. And then my mandate is figuring out, um, you know, what, what that looks like um, long term in, uh, on the broadcast side and then on the digital side, uh, where do we go? Um, and, and you can think about, think about uh, the business in a couple of ways. 
um, you have your, your kind of English language rights. Um, so, uh, you know, what, what does that look like? Um, and then you also have the, the Spanish language uh, rights as well. Uh, so thinking about who are the partners in that space that make the most sense for us uh, to, grow, to grow our audience. And on the digital side, um, the cool thing is, you know, that's, that can be a global play, right? It's not just local, it's not just regional. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm really interested in is finding a partner who makes the most sense to, to really, um, you know, to really broadcast our, our brand um, as far and wide as possible. Um, the tagline we use, we use at the league is that we are the, uh, the, the kind of cult club of America uh, with, with that fan base that we have. And so um, really, really uh, disseminating that message um, throughout uh, will, be, will be very, very important. Um, and, and there's some cool partners um, that I know of, folks that I'm talking to um, that really are, are looking, for, looking for live matches. You know, I, I talked about just how that's premium content. Um, and so, you know, it really, it really uh, depends on what makes sense uh, for, for both sides and then how we can build out uh, programming around that, that those live matches. So it's not just the matches, but it's also matches and shoulder content and long form content, um, highlights, feature series and things like that. Um, so that, you know, once, once you see DCFC on whatever platform it is, um, you're getting kind of the holistic story um, and, and you're kind of, uh, you're able to buy in as a, as a full fan to what we're doing um, and not just seeing us in, in a one-off, in a one-off match. So, so you touched on two things there that I think are really important that people realize. One is you control the IP. So, so unlike a absolutely higher tier league, you, you have the ability to go to a streaming platform, whatever it is, and, and be able to put your highlights and your matches to a global audience, which some NFL, MLB teams would not be able to do. That was number one, just to clarify that. And then the other thing which you touched on, Tom, which I had forgotten about, is there's also a women's team that's involved, correct? So it's it's not just the Detroit City FC men's team. There is a women's team which is really different from from the you know the business model of MLS at least right now with the NWSL. Yeah, yeah. There's there is a women's team um, that launched uh, a year or so ago, uh, so it's relatively new. But they play most of their matches in the summer, and um, you know for us it's it's another you know it's another strong piece of content uh, that we can we can leverage and figure out um, how to again disseminate that as as far and wide as possible. So um, looking forward to um, you know to uh, to partnering with with uh, the right platform on that as well. Um, you know, women's sports and, and the success of NWSL and the WNBA, um, you know, these, these are prime opportunities for um, a platform to kind of get involved um, and, uh, and kind of grow with us. Uh, so looking, looking forward to, to that partnership as well. So, so yeah, Joe, you, you alluded to that. There's also, uh, we also have several uh, youth teams that, that we run as well. So um, there's, there's definitely um, a lot of content uh, that, that we control. Um, and so, it's, again, it's figuring out uh, the, the right partnerships, um, the authentic partnerships uh, that'll drive community and then also uh, brand awareness. Hey, TJ, reflecting on your experience at MLS and thinking about your job, your new job at Detroit City FC, what is your opinion about the correlation between people who play the sport, in this case soccer, and those who become fans. This is a big topic of discussion in the sports business, mm. especially right now, because of the lockdown 
there's been essentially a um, hiatus for much of youth sports. And there's concern as reflected in a, a big article Joe and I were uh, talking about this week in the Washington Post about the Gen Z problem for pro sports. Uh, and they brought this up that the fact that less kids are playing sports could be an issue longer term, that they don't develop the affinity for the sport because they're not playing the sport. What have you learned about that? And how do you think of that going into the new job? Yeah, um, that is that is a, a good a good topic, Tom. Um, you know, I think uh, I think for I think a couple of things. I think one, yeah, it's, it definitely hurts uh, to not have participation in a certain sport, um, especially for for the long term growth of that sport um, and getting future generations into them. Um, but I think you know, I think we also have evolved a bit um, as just as just a media, just a sports media kind of kind of industry where, um, you know, you can you can get highlights and you can get um, content of, of different people doing different things in, in a ton of different sports um, and aspire uh, to, to that person or to that sport. Um, so you don't necessarily have to play um, in order to have some sort of interest in that sport. And so it's really about, you know, a lot of that is beholden to, you know, folks like Detroit City FC and as Joe alluded to, IP owners to figure out how to, to sell um, their, their sports, their players, um, their industry to, to the new audience. And, you know, in the media space to meet um, that consumer, to meet the Gen Z consumer where they're consuming content. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of how I, I think about it. I think I maybe straddled the line a bit, <laughs> a bit on the answer, but um, you know, I think I think if we're if we're still meeting the need and meeting meeting the consumer where they are in terms of where they consume content, um, you know, you can still make lifelong fans out of folks. Are you guys? Um, do Do you have a full time digital media lead at the club? Yeah, so we have uh, we have a guy John who uh, who runs our our media, just our entire media kind of outlet. Okay. Um, we're also hiring on the social media side, so um, if you if you're interested in that, please let me know. Um, and I think uh, you should yeah. hire Joe, Joe Favorito as your man for that. <laughs> Joe, Joe, you coming to Detroit? Oh, you can't do it remotely. There you go. So actually, I, I know someone. Um, but TJ, my question is this: something we talk about in my digital class, and it's another big topic in the industry overall, is that uh, there, there's a, a just this huge flow of data and analytics coming in from your activity in all these digital platforms, and theoretically, it's all measurable and analyzable. Is is that? I assume it's happening to some degree or some large degree at MLS. Is it happening at, at your club? Like, is, are, are there people to actually do the sometimes very tedious work of going through all the data to inform your decisions about new opportunities and new partnerships? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think one of, one of the cool things, absolutely at MLS, uh, we had those outlets. Um, we're, we're a much smaller shop, obviously, uh, at, at Detroit City. Uh, but we do have um, a, a guy who who helps run um, our, our kind of fan surveys and generate uh, reports for us, just letting us know about who, who our audience is, right? And what the demographics um, of that audience kind of look like. And um, I recently had a, a meeting with, um, 
a potential a potential partner yesterday, and um, a lot of that data, um, in terms of who our audience is, informed my presentation and, and who I went to uh, uh, for for that partnership meeting yesterday. Um, and so that that's you know you're thinking about um, how how that relates. Um, you know that what that does is it helps you uh, kind of piece the puzzle together of the need of the potential partner and say, hey, here's what we have. Here's what we're looking at. We know that your business is based on this and that. And we want to, we want to, um, we know that we have this audience and uh, we love to partner with you uh, so that you can kind of, you know, at, at the, the most, you know, the most basic form uh, cross promote with us um, and, uh, and kind of share, share in our, in our audience. Um, so there's tremendous value in that. Um, and uh, going in, going into these meetings, knowing uh, what what the needs of of your your potential partners are, but then also um, you know leaving leaving space for understanding um, and, and learning about new ways that or, or new needs that you you didn't necessarily know about that that the partner has um, is very important. And so um, data and analytics uh, drive that. Um, I'm doing some of that work as well. Like I, I do. We, we all wear a lot of different hats, um, but um, all, all important, important work to, uh, to kind of finalize that partnership. Who are, um, you know, before we get to our last couple of questions, and I actually, Tom, I have a little bit of a twist given how TJ got to where he is on one of our last questions, but who are some of the partners um, that have come on board even before you were there with Detroit City FC? And can you tell everybody a little bit about kind of the unique ownership structure too and how the, the club really came about? Yeah, so um, just thinking about uh, some of some of the partners currently on board. So I talked about uh, my TV twenty. Um, if you look at uh, look at like the front the front of our of our jersey, that sponsorship is a uh, Metro Detroit Chevy dealers, and then we have Stroh's um, Stroh's beer as well. Um, so the, you know those are those are a couple of the, couple of the big ones, um, and we have we have several categories open for for twenty twenty one. Um, our season begins um, in late April and early May, uh, so uh, you know have have a window of time uh, to, to make sure we're we're in a solid position um, going forward uh, for next season. Um, and then, uh, what was your second question again, Joe? Sorry. Tell them a little bit about the ownership and how how. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So the ownership, uh, the ownership, uh, the league, and kind of uh, the team. Sorry, and kind of how it started. Uh, so if you go back to um, to 2010, uh, there was this uh, rec league in, in Detroit um, that basically pitted um, different uh, players from different neighborhoods in Detroit, representing different neighborhoods, and they would all play together um, in kind of a co-ed league um, at Belle Isle in, in Detroit. And so uh, one of the owners, Sean Mann, um, he, he played in that league. And uh, he saw the success of it um, and, and kind of built um, an amateur club um, in 2012, starting in 2020, uh, starting in 2012, Detroit City FC. Um, and then from that, you know, we, we became a professional team um, this year. Uh, so uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of the, the brief story of it. And then, uh, you know, full circle going back to what I was talking about from a crowdfunding standpoint, uh, the, the fans that invested um, and the team, um, they they are considered uh, co-owners in what we're doing, right? So there was there was a certain a certain amount uh, percentage of equity uh, that was uh, that was up for for crowdfunding. Uh, the fans again oversubscribed to that equity, 
Um, and those fans are also considered co-owners. Co so we have the, co the core ownership group, uh, and then you have about thousands of fans <laughs> who, who also are co-owners as well um, in the club. So uh, to your point, Joe, about just community, um, it, it's, it, the, the club was, was started in the community um, in Detroit, um, and now uh, the community also um, is, is part owner of the club as well. So it's, it's a very interesting model. And, and it's funny, I remember when I first heard about Detroit City FC a couple of years ago and I was talking to a couple of people and they said, they talked about sponsorships and it was either Chevy or GM and they said, oh yeah, well, you know, it, it wasn't that hard to sell because Mary Barra actually comes to our games and her kids wear our jerseys. So, so uh, the, the connection to community amongst some of the bigger brands that are associated with Detroit and Michigan became really kind of generic it wasn't like they had to go and sell it like you'd think that that you know a smaller club would it's really an amazing story and like I said there's probably four or five clubs on that tier level uh, that have done that around the country and probably none better than Detroit City FC as they continue to grow yeah yeah it's uh it, it's been um it's been fantastic to see and uh I'm just again just very grateful to to be on board um and humble to be in this role to kind of uh, you know, continue to build on on the success of the club. So, uh, so yeah. Cool. Hey, um, uh, Tom. Before we get to our last two questions, mm -hmm. uh, I had a little bit of a twist, like I mentioned before. Yeah. So, when you think about your path, Nike, MLS, Columbia Business School, now at a smaller tier property that you can do a lot of things in. You know, we have a lot of students come in or people looking to switch jobs, and you know what the conversations are. Teaching, oh, I want to work mm -hmm. at the NBA. I want to work at the yeah. NFL. You were there and are now by your choice are doing something different. What do you tell people when you say, hey, you know, look at those big places, but look at the things that I can do on, on you know, kind of a disruptive, you know, business that can grow. What's the advice you give to people about that? Yeah, it's, um, so it's it's exactly what you said. It's it's one, it's the chance to be at a disruptor um, and a brand that is, is growing, as I talked about earlier. Um, it's the opportunity to, um, to drive something into the future and to look at, look at these entities and say, okay, well, you know, I can kind of go here and, and kind of maintain the status grow, quo and, and grow incrementally over time. Or, you know, I can go to Detroit City FC um, and, uh, and really have um, almost uh, just a, a big white space of opportunity um, to grow um, and, and to learn, really. That, that's the biggest thing to learn. Um, you know, in the role that I have now, um, I just I just have a lot of autonomy, and I'm able to, um, you know, able to uh, to implement a lot of the things that I've learned over the years um, in school, post school, um, chatting with mentors, talking to folks like like Joe and Tom, um, and uh, and so for me that that's invaluable, just the chance to to kind of figure figure out and, and learn learn things. Um, uh, in this type of capacity. So, you know, I, I tell people all the time um, to really look for those areas that are growing, uh, really, really try to really try to find those opportunities uh, of growth and, and solid foundation. Um, and then think about, um, you know, where, where this could take you in the future um, and work backwards, work backwards from a goal in mind, work backwards from um, an ideal state in, in the next couple of years, three to five years or whatever the time frame is, and then figure out what, what that path is to get there. 
Um, and so for me, again, it was it was a leadership role. Um, it was also in an area that was growing uh, that had a solid foundation. Um, and, and it's being a part of something uh, that's ingrained in, into my, my hometown, my community. So um, really, really excited about, uh, about this opportunity. Yeah, TJ, that's an interesting point because we talk about this a lot, both in the podcast and the program. When you think about the business opportunities in the world of sports and you look at it as a continuum from really large institutional companies to early stage companies of the kind, the companies that you work with at courtside, like literal startups, it's a very big difference in terms of your work life and the experience you have, uh, both as a practical matter for just work experience in terms of what you're actually doing, and also philosophically and kind of attitudinally. Now that you've moved down the continuum away from the large places to a smaller one, do you, do you feel like that's something people really need to consider about their personal ambitions, philosophies, temperaments, and stuff like that? In other words, the small places, from what I can tell, are not, not everybody's cut out for that. Yeah, kind absolutely. Of thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one, one thing I'll say is not to discount um, the, the larger companies as well. Because no, not at all, a, but it's a different thing. A lot, yeah. Absolutely. It's a lot of value that you can get from, um, you know, a lot of these kind of, you know, these big box corporations uh, that teach you, teach you about just business practices in general. Uh, but also how to run a business, how to run it successfully. Um, but sometimes, you know, um, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's the case at MLS, but um, I've been I've been in other companies where they're just they're just slower to innovate, and it's because um, there are just so many tiers and layers of of approvals. <laughs> There's a lot of bureaucracy, um, and, and sometimes that that just takes a while. So the analogy is is a, a big, slow moving kind of cruise ship um, that's really built out, really nice. Uh, but in terms of changing the direction of that ship, it's going to take a while. Um, whereas now, you know, Detroit City of C is, is again, built this really strong foundation, uh, but there's just a ton of area of growth. And, um, you know, we can, we can make decisions um, a little bit quicker um, and be agile to, to different trends um, that, are, that are in the market. Or, you know, if we, if we want to blaze, blaze our own path, um, one of the things that you know, I, I tell people and I tell potential partners is that, hey, um, you know, we're, we're ready and willing to innovate and be a guinea pig, uh, test dummy for you with whatever new product you have. Um, if you're trying out a new feature, we're willing to do it uh, because um, we're able to do it, one. Uh, but then two, uh, you know, you kind of get you kind of get to test this product in a way that's um, you know, it, it, you're in a you're in a solid in a solid market like Detroit, uh, but it's just not on the national scale yet. And if you know, something goes wrong, you know, we can we can course correct uh, quick quicker. Uh, so we we always raise our hand um, in terms of uh, being that being that partner who um, who was willing to to try and test uh, the, the new the new features out there. So hope hope to hope to collaborate on some some really cool things going forward. But um, but yeah, to, to put a bow on it, uh, Tom, it, it, it's definitely something that I think people people should consider um, in terms of just owning owning kind of your career um, and, and owning the ability to be uh, to to move quickly um, in, in a space that uh, is is in sports that sometimes not not always uh, the fastest moving uh, to new to new trends. So um, really really excited about it. Yeah, that's great. Um, I think we're gonna 
move into our final couple of questions, TJ, if you don't mind. Um, and we might have gone through this with you a couple of years ago in the first conversation, I can't remember, but um, we, we love changed. To, we love to hear from, from everybody about how they keep up um, with, on, in, in terms of trends, news developments, like what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you following? Like, how do you stay smart? Yeah, so, um, you know, for me, um, it, it was it was heavy media. <laughs> and, now, and now it's a bit more holistic. Uh, so what, what I've tried to do is uh, be, be more holistic in, in what I consume. Um, one, one of the, the, the news sources that um, I really like is, is Axios. Um, I think Axios does a good job in uh, diving into different industries. They have kind of a media newsletter, but then they have kind of a general, general um, newsletters as well. Um, and they give you kind of smart, um, quick, thoughtful, uh, 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 just news um, and, and points uh, that you can kind of take and, and be about your day with. So I uh, really love what they're doing. They, they obviously do some great interviews and stuff now, uh, but I, I've been following them for, for years. Um, the, other, the other things on the sports side, obviously, um, I really try to get, get the newsletters uh, brought to me. I think, I think that's a strategy a lot of people try to employ because there's just so much out there. And so I, I'd rather be pushed to me than, than try to have to go out and, and see everything. But, you know, the front, front office sports um, newsletter, the, the hashtag sports newsletters of the world um, are, are really good. Um, and then, uh, you know, what I'm thinking about and just uh, just being holistic about about my approach to to the club, my role um, and to the city in this region, um, I've really gotten more into on, on the podcast side. Um, you know, Detroit, Michigan, and just Michigan um, news, news sources, and, and even politics, because a lot of those things are going to affect me, affect bi my business partners, um, affect where we go and what, what we can and can't do uh, from a, um, you know, from a partnership standpoint. They may not always be national news, right? Uh, for example, upcoming um, is, uh, you know, hopefully this is out there, the um, uh, digital sports books um, coming online in Michigan. Uh, that, now that's national news, uh, but um, understanding how those decisions will impact um, uh, me at a, at a local level are really important. So um, it, it's it's keeping keeping with uh, and keeping up with with the sports news, but it's also being a little bit more holistic for me now because um, you know understanding my region, uh, understanding my state. Uh, really impacts uh, how, how I uh, how I do business. Great, Joe. Um, the last question that we had, and uh, um, one thing off of that actually is, what about social justice issues, and, and how do those community uh, cause related things tie to Detroit City FC? And then, uh, if you want to kind of wrap that up, is you touch a little bit on the advice that you give to people, but maybe expanding a little bit more given kind of your uh, you know, your role in MLS and before this and how that changed over time. So, yeah. So um, on, on the social justice side, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I'm most proud of uh, from my time at the MLS is, is really being a part of a team that, that kind of helped lead, um, you know, help bring our players uh, demonstrations to life um, on June, I'm sorry, July 7th, I believe that the start of the bubble, um, with the MLS, uh, there were there was a, a player demonstration, um, you know, advocating for social justice, um, 
And, uh, and you know, behind the scenes, uh, we, we were kind of helping make that come to life in partnership with our players. So I uh, was really proud of that. And um, if you look at, look at what Detroit City FC did, uh, they did something very similar uh, from a demonstration standpoint. Um, uh, this, this season, I'm also creating uh, merchandise um, and, and donating proceeds to, to uh, communities and to organizations uh, that are fighting for social justice, um, you know, fighting for communities of color, black and brown folks. Um, and so, uh, and so that, that was really good to see. And, uh, you know, being in Detroit, um, it's very important. You know, the city, the city is, is um, at this point uh, eighty percent uh, black, and um, and because of that, you know, a lot of these issues uh, disproportionately affect affect Detroiters, um, affect this area, and so um, as much as we can, uh, being um, uh, empathetic and authentic uh, to those issues, those issues affect me, right? And so um, you know how we how we go about partnering with the community um, and making sure we're ingrained with the community so that. Um, you know, we, we are, are standing up for, for truth and justice, um, I think, uh, I think uh, means, means a lot to me. So, uh, you know, when I, when I talked about community partnerships, um, that's part of it, right? Uh, part of it is, is, is making sure that we are, um, we are supportive, we are on the forefront, we're partnering with, with uh, you know, with, with the causes uh, that impact um, our communities. Um, one of the things that we're doing right now uh, which, which I'll shout out, is um, we're, we are partnering with uh, small businesses um, in, in, the metro in the Detroit and Metro Detroit areas uh, to help them through uh, during this time of, of global pandemic, but also um, specifically uh, helping uh, people of color, uh, uh, business owners um, who have been impacted by uh, the global pandemic. And what we're doing is partnering with these organizations, cross-promoting them, on our social channels um, and other channels, um, buying gift buying gift cards uh, to that business and then disseminating those to our fans who, who are interested in the businesses. So, um, helping generate uh, generate business uh, during this time uh, for our community is is really important. Cool. The advice side. What? Any other little yep. pearls of wisdom before we let you go? Uh, pearls of wisdom. Um, yeah, you, you guys got got a lot out of me, <laughs> but uh, but the growth the growth piece is is uh, and the growth mindset um, I think is is really important um, in terms of choosing where you go and, and kind of what you want to do in your career. Um, and uh, you know the other thing I'll say, which uh, you know this this audience um, audience listens podcast. Uh, you you guys may know this, but but I do I do tell people. Um, and sports, sports is, is just like a business, as you guys know. And so um, at this point, you know, it's not enough to just say, hey, I'm interested in a sport. You really have to uh, hone a skill, have a skill, um, be interested in, in, in a certain function, um, and then get some experience in that function, um, and then bring that, bring that experience to, to the sports space. Uh, so um, as, as much as you can going out and building up uh, your skill sets and different functions, um, and then, you know, once, once the time comes and, and you're saying, hey, I, I want to join that, that, um, that dream sports entity of mine, then taking that skill there um, is really, um, really kind of how, how I look at doing it. Um, because I, I have students who come to me and say they're interested in sports, but um, there, there, has to be, there has to be more than that um, at, this, at this point in the business. So 
Um, you know, I'll say that. And, um, you know, the, the other thing I tell people is uh, please feel free to reach out to me uh, with any questions or if you need any advice, uh, because I know, you know, how difficult it is uh, to, to break into the industry. I've been there um, and um, I'm always willing to help people um, who, who want to help themselves, uh, so to speak. So, uh, so yeah, so um, I, I hope my, my information will be in the show notes or I can pass along. You guys can disseminate it um, and, uh, you know, happy to chat with, with, with whomever. Cool. That's great. I'm listening to TJ talk. I'm thinking probably a lot of your CBS friends who went into investment banking or management <laughs> consulting are listening to you saying, God, that guy's got a cool job compared to what I'm doing. Yeah. You may be hearing from some of them after the show. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing some cool things, but oh, you I know, know, I'm just kidding. It was really, Different it was thing. really the, the balance of the time though, the balance of it was just, uh, it was, it was like, Hey, do you go straight into the industry that you're interested in? Or do you go into investment banking and consulting, build up some kind of general experience there, and then try to go into the sports industry? Regardless, there's it's still going to be tough to break into the industry, and so having that skill set um, and that experience is really important um, as you as you try to break in. So, so yeah, they yeah. they may be they may be reaching out, and I'm happy to talk to them. A lot of those, <laughs> a lot of those guys are. Guys and girls are friends of mine, so. Yeah, I figured <laughs> yeah. that. All right, well, that was great. Thank you, TJ. Really, really Absolutely. fun discussion. And congrats again yeah. on the new job and nice. the relatively new baby, uh, almost a year <laughs> yeah. old. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Tell yeah, us, a... you know, as we let you go, tell us where you want people to follow, how, how they, you want them to reach out to you, your social handles, so that, you know, we can kind of wrap this all up together and get some Detroit City FC some more followers to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Please, um, please connect with Detroit City FC on all channels. Um, it, it's Detroit uh, City uh, FC Football Club, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, whichever platform you prefer. <laughs> um, and then uh, you can also uh, go to go to our website um, and check out things there at detcityfc.com. Um, and then my my email address is just tj at detcityfc.com. Um, you can always connect with me there. Great, cool. Well, we Tom, we covered everything from Iggy Pop to you know. General Motors. So this has been a, a, a mix in the middle. So. Yeah, good one. Well, that's, yeah, it was a really fun discussion. So TJ, good luck with the new job. Sounds very exciting. I think you've made a couple of new fans, uh, certainly among this crowd doing the podcast, but uh, hopefully some <laughs> of the listeners too will start paying attention. Um, and we wish you a really successful 2021 season. Um, Absolutely. Thank, thank you guys. Yeah, thank sounds you like for, you're on the precipice being... of good, good growth. So, so uh, have fun. Yes. Yes, thank you all for being mentors and friends over the years, and uh, always happy to, to chat with you all. Thank cool. you, um, thank Joe. You. Wrap this up. Yeah, um, another good show and in a, in a, a string of really fun uh, conversations we've been having. We've been speaking with T.J. Winfrey, who's the new chief of partnerships for Detroit City FC, former executive at MLS, former executive at Nike, Courtside Ventures, and a graduate of. Columbia Business School. So TJ, thanks again on behalf of Columbia. It was really good to have you. And uh, we'll see you sometime in 2021 in, in person, maybe, maybe at a Detroit FC game. Okay. If we can come out. Happy, there. To, happy to have you out. All right, cool. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time on the Cusp Show. <laughs>